definitely going to move out of that one bedroom. Yeah. What do you, where do you plan on moving to Missoula? I mean, if I get that report back on Montana, then <laughs> when did you give that person that assignment? I think what is it? Oh, say that assignment again. Okay. So <laughs> I had an old friend from high school. Um, she and her boyfriend or husband now, maybe I, I forget. Um, they moved to Montana and I've been curious about Montana for a while because it's about the same cost of living as here in Arizona, but, uh, in a much more cooler climate and kind of a little bit more, well, I mean, Tucson is really nature surrounded. Phoenix is a little bit more, uh, urban. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I kind of wanted to, uh, get out of that sort of scene. So, um, I asked her because they'd only just moved there. So I was like, okay, well over the course of the next three months, anytime you have like a thought about like, Hey, I really love it here because blah, or fuck like you know we didn't really because uh, they moved from okay they first they were in tucson then they were in phoenix then they were in seattle uh-huh. and now they're there so you could see how like i want to see the comparison to all of those places because there's the difference in climate which is arizona to montana right right but then also seattle will have a colder climate so it'll be you know so then it's the difference between urban landscape and nature and so tucson and and Bozeman, I think, is where they're at. Tucson would be more related to that because of the cost of living and the surrounding of nature. But then the only difference is climate. Mm-hmm. So, so it's it's a multivariant um, experiment that you just nonchalantly dropped on your high school friend's lap, right? And, and we haven't like really spoken. <laughs> in like a long time but i was like yeah anytime you have like a thought about like oh i love i love it here because of x or i hate it here because of y Mm -hmm. just jot that down and at the end of three months uh if you could send that to me that'd be great and i haven't gotten a response back and how long ago was that um uh, well i drove down to tucson uh and i had sent it 30 minutes before i left phoenix so it's been about two and a half hours oh my god i thought this was like months ago oh no no, I sent it. You just, literally, this literally just happened today. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That that'd be interesting to see if she actually does. Well, she hasn't responded to me. If she actually, I don't think. I don't think. Uh, you don't think she's going to do that? No, I, I. You know, looking back, it was a little bit of a shot in the dark, anyways. But uh, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I just randomly brought up uh, Missoula, Montana, because when I worked at the news station, that was one of the uh, markets that was slightly bigger than tucson or smaller than tucson it was like right there okay it was around it so uh when you work as like a reporter or a news producer you kind of take a two-year contract all across the country and write news locally for a minute until you can work your way up and build up a portfolio to hopefully get some sort of national program or find a city or a town that you really like to work in oh wait so starting in the news is kind of a rotational program yeah if if i don't know if you noticed like uh like local news reporters yeah how they're only around for like two years and then like a new one comes in oh yeah like there there's uh-huh. the ones that stick around are like the locals or like the older ones like guy actually like guy actually is he still a thing no he retired yeah okay makes sense uh, but like uh like when i was at channel four it was like the, the anchors are usually the ones that settle down right and yeah they're like this is where i'm going to be for the next 20 years of my career mm-hmm. but um but yeah the like morning news crew they're constantly rotating because 
I, I only have to work the morning news for two years till I get a nighttime news crew position, hopefully. Oh, I see. Or just go from morning news to morning news. Some people love that morning news shift. And some people just grind it out there. Like, yeah. Okay. Huh. But if you're fresh out of college, you know, I'm a, I want to be a news reporter. Fresh out of college, you apply for jobs everywhere. What, what kind of stuff do you have to show to people that you, you know, you're good on air talent? It's mm-hmm. probably going to be something you did for the school, some project, some school assignment. And people that hire those people are usually really small markets. Mm. So like, uh, like Silver City, New Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go live in Silver City for two years. Oh, or, God. Uh, I would develop a drinking problem if I lived in Silver City. Yeah, or City. like Roswell or something like that. <laughs> like one of these smaller towns that's big enough for, to have its own news station. Right. But not too big to where there's multiple competing news stations. Right, yeah, yeah. And all that sense. is based off of population. Okay. So, like basically in business terms, what you'd call your total addressable market. Right, right. Okay. So that's every time I bring up Missoula, Montana, nobody ever has a response and you had a response today. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm, I've been You're very excited about Montana. I've been looking into Montana for about two months now. Ooh, let me go ahead and say, maybe that's her agreeing to take my report. Ooh, it's not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, no, I've been looking into Montana for about two months now. Um, but that's also like, it's part of just my, um, little fantasy I have in my head where I could work that remotely. So I could also like move to Maine and drink a bunch of cough syrup and write novels. Oh, okay. Like just totally Stephen King, it, you know? Oh, that's cool, man. Speaking of which, have you watched that Hulu show Castle Rock? No, I have not. Okay, I'm about two episodes in, and it's feeling very Lost-y to me because it's by J.J. Abrams, mm-hmm. but it's Stephen King's source material, so it has the chance of being actually pretty cool because it's just one season, so it's not conflated to six like uh, Lost was because Lost started pretty cool conceptually, I'd say, and then like totally... Oh, I, don't, I never... Oh, you never Lost. even started. I think I watched maybe three or four episodes of Lost. Okay, yeah. Well, then uh, I didn't really get into it. Um, but also, like, so they totally shit the bed. So it can also, you know, and Stephen King has like pretty much uh, a win loss ratio fifty fifty. Yeah, I'd say. like it's real, you know, tight. Sure, his big wins are pretty huge. You know, like because we're comparing like The Shining to Christine, but like it's his sheer volume of putting shit out that ends up hurting him. His endings are really bad. Uh, I don't. Okay. Have you seen the movie? This is going to be spoiler heavy. I'll, I'll try and dance around it, but actually, probably not. Are you going to be talking about The Fog? The Mist? The Mist? No. Uh, I was actually talking about Secret Window. Okay. Have you seen that movie? A long time ago. Okay. Did you read the book? No. It's a short story, actually. No, I did not. Okay. So, what's funny about that is because um, in the movie. Uh, secret window uh john turturro it's it's like um johnny depp plays this writer who's a little kind of like aloof or like you know you don't know he's going through a divorce now he lives in this secluded cabin out in the woods right which is your dream which is my dream yes your fantasy yeah and he's a writer and he's written a bunch of books uh like kind of thriller or like uh mystery books and um then one day a guy knocks on his door played by john turturro and uh, his name's Shooter, 
and he's like, you stole my story. And he's basically claiming that uh, Johnny Depp plagiarized his story and published it in a magazine. And that's like how he got famous. Uh-huh. And so then it boils down to it. And, and then kind of the story takes this turn where Shooter is uh, kind of a crazy guy and threatening. He's saying, you better fix it. You know, whatever kills his dog, etc. And so what he's saying is, you changed the ending. You spoiled it by changing the ending to my story. And uh, now we got to fix it. Right. What's funny about that is that between the movie adaptation and the book and the book, the only thing that's different is the ending. So like the whole complaint about so it it makes me it's weird because it like it makes me think that that's like an in joke Mm -hmm. because like of of like almost a commentary on the way that books get adapted to fit the screen because it's like you're just changing the ending. Uh, I think it's a little bit more to adapt a book to the screen than just changing the ending. Well, yeah, probably. Uh, what did I just watch? That was the lessons from the screenplay on arrival. Okay. Which was a great movie. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so, um, the ending in secret window. Yeah. The ending in secret window, um, I can see why it couldn't fit in a movie because it's like a lot less climactic Mm -hmm. because the ending of Secret Window, the movie, is like, you know, stuff goes on. Like, you know, whatever. The other one is actually weirdly more creepy because it's a little more vague and there's like stuff that you wouldn't see happen. So that's why it doesn't like really work in terms of film. But I thought it worked out better. Okay. I'm going off the rails here. We're going a little off the rails. And uh, I kind of just wanted to do this little episode to say we're going to be doing mini episodes. Yeah. Uh, in between our larger, more produced episodes. Because mm-hmm. I feel like maybe we haven't been super clear about our game plan for season two. Yeah, I, I didn't know we were going public with our game plan. Uh, might as well. Yeah, might as well. I've got no secrets to hide. Right. Yeah. No one has secrets to hide, right? Well, we don't. No. Uh, uh, don't wait what is it bite your friends no tell the truth or at least don't lie there you go tell the truth or at least don't lie Mm -hmm. so i think the game plan for season two is that we are going to be more actionable on all this on all these ideas that we've been talking about Mm -hmm. we're gonna you know put to use all this advice we got or we've worked out together over the last year yeah so i think Going back to, let's say, our business plan episode where I want to say his name is Zach, but that's wrong. His name is Aaron. Nope. No. Hey, something. I'm going to have to edit this out. I was really hoping I didn't have to edit anything out of this episode. Yeah, just like plug and play. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember. Shoot. I just called him Dive Aaron. Shop Guy. Nope. Dive Shop Guy. Dive Shop Guy. Which, I mean, it's impressive enough to own and operate a dive shop in Arizona. A successful dive shop is what I should say. Alex. Alex. Yes. So going back, to that, uh, going back to that episode with Alex talking about, you know, coming up with your business plan. A lot of what he was saying was going out and doing some research and talking to people and saying, hey, do you think this is a good idea or a bad idea? So I think in season two, at least my goal for my part of the season is to 
talk to people about my game plan for my production company and where I want to take it and projects I want to do and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Sorry, I just realized I forgot to text Tori that I got into town. Oh. And so she was like calling, so I just needed to let her know. That you didn't get stuck in a haboob? Yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, go ahead. So I, what, what do you plan on doing next season? Well, um, essentially what I'm going to be doing is kind of on the heels of something that you've already did, done, did. Okay. Done, um, where you, you, uh, basically you started to pitch your idea for your movie mystery night mm-hmm. and then like try and distill all the all the like advice or all the all the information that you were receiving back and try and make those into actionable insights. So that's basically what I'm doing now in terms of like business optimization specialist and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we're going to, we're going to hear more about your, your process of creating that game plan to make that a reality. Yeah, essentially. So um, I've got an interview lined up with a pretty um, intelligent young lady um, and she uh, has been kind of counseling me in my career currently. Mm-hmm. Um, she's wise, I would say. Um, and so basically, I'm, I'm going to start to distill information that I receive and then just make kind of direct action correlates out of it. So instead of like vague information, because anyone like, I mean, you probably experienced this when you were pitching uh, your murder mystery night where it's like this kind of like, vague. yeah, I mean, that sounds cool, but how would you blah, 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 or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there's a conversation there or there's questions there or whatever. Right, it is. right. But you can summarize that into a, one statement, which is like, okay, uh, I'm going to need, how am I going to market this well? Mm-hmm. And then that turns into, okay, uh, in order to market this well, I need to dot, dot, dot. Right. So that's basically what I'm going to be working on is the conversion of my idea into something that's a little bit more pragmatic and something that's a little bit more um, that you can put into practice. All right. Um, and I already, I mean, we were, we were just talking about <laughs> what I would do on my own, my current job if I was to optimize it. But, uh, but yeah, and then I aim to... Uh, I need to set a goal within the new year because I, there's no way I can get this done before December. Like, uh-huh. You know what I mean? You, what was it about smart goals? Yeah. Uh, they have to be realistic. Realistically, Those I know. R and smart. R and smart. Yes. I forget what the S was. It was measurable. Super. No. Succulent. Suspicious. Oh my god, you're fucking killing me because I can't. It's like it's like when you're listening to another song and you're trying to think of how another song goes. Right. It's like I can't think of the S word when you're saying other S words. <laughs> um, measurable. Superfluous. Uh, this is measurable. A was something to do with like. Fuck it. Okay, whatever. But R, um, they need to be realistic. So I need to set a date within the new year. Um, and early in the new year, I'm not specific, tr- specific, specific, measurable, accountable, specific, measurable, accountable, realistic time. Relevant. Oh, achievable, relevant, time? achievable. Okay. So it wasn't realistic. Achievable was the R that I was thinking of in realistic. 
and then R relevant. R. Okay, whatever. <laughs> this this train wreck aside. Um, uh, but uh, but um, I need to set like a date within the new year that I want to pick up some Charlie Hone free work. Okay. Based on what, and then use that as like my. Uh, are you familiar with A/B testing? A B. A B. A B. Yeah. A B. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's when you do something with a little bit, some little something, something with A, and then some little different with B. Right. Exactly. So it's the same thing. Right. So I kind of want to use. Um, because you can't, uh, that's that's like specifically, like you mostly use A-B testing and like marketing and design and that sort of stuff. Um, but I kind of want to use like my free work as A-B testing in a sense. Okay. Um, which is like a cavalier attitude to take with someone else's business. But Yeah, it's um, a little, uh, little cocky there. No, that's, I mean, if you think about it, that's how anyone learns how to do anything. It's like we try not to put that out on the surface, but everything that happens is just because of testing execution, uh, evaluation and consolidation and then retesting. Mm-hmm. But again, those, these are all my, <laughs> my theorems. <laughs> so, uh, that's awesome. That sounds very exciting. That's something we're going to be, we get to follow along with in the upcoming season. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping, um, to make this season a little bit more, uh, instead of like, I feel like last season was, uh, all uh, it's it's great uh philosophy of doing stuff and it's it's stuff that you would read like not in a textbook obviously but it's kind of like a textbook where we have these reference pieces and mm-hmm. we can like you know whatever um and now it's like moving forward into season two it's like all right now i'm going to i want to be like i feel like you and i are kind of in different phases but not too far from each other mm-hmm. where it's like unrelated you know what i mean because it's like if you were already a film mogul and i was here it's like i didn't i don't know how we would bridge the gap right with the with the bridge <laughs> yeah probably with a bridge <laughs> but uh <laughs> but oh, yeah. uh but in this kind of way it's like we can kind of see how you know how the actual uh functions of it work how the applications of the stuff that we were looking into last season how we can functionally apply that Uh in this season yeah that's my thoughts on it anyways and it'll also give us these little tiny episodes in between what day do you want to release these episodes Ooh, i don't know yeah i uh (laughs) maybe a wednesday i actually didn't think about that at all yeah Maybe a Thursday? So that we have these like separately marketed so that if people kind of just enjoy the mini episodes, like, hey, just do the mini episodes if you want. Right, or if they just want to hear whatever we make next. Yeah. They can just listen to those. Yeah, I guess. Or like summaries or I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. I vote Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday for some mini-sodes. Yeah. But also give us a chance to catch up and... yeah. Which is important too. Keep things real. Yeah. It'll be like uh, like all the E! News shows when they talk about what's happening with the Kardashians and you don't really see what's happening until two years later because they pre-record everything. Wait, what? I don't know. I always hear uh, people talk about, oh, oh, uh, Courtney broke up with 
Masla Ball. I don't know who whom Courtney is. Masla Ball. Totally. And, uh, they're like, oh, we can't wait to see what when it all happens next year. Yeah. When the when that episode premieres. Oh, okay. I get it. The show, and then the E News. So what happens on the news is what's happening currently. Right. But what happens on the show, of course, isn't happening until later because you need that season to. I see. Okay. See, I don't so much keep up with the Kardashians as much as I wish they were fucking dead. Me too. But I, the, the point I was trying to make is, right. you know, we can keep up in real time with these little mini episodes. Yeah. No, that's good. And like the more produced stuff, we can go into, we can do deep dives. We can go in depth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we yeah. can do more thorough examinations. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a solid point. Yeah. That's, that's good. It's, um, yeah, I like that. So, yeah. Do you want? Do we want to give this mini episode a different name? Oh, like a different, like it's a different variety of episodes. Yeah, like we'll call this uh, "Creativize, Strategize, Miniaturized." That's actually not <laughs> bad. That's kind. That's like that's like taking our bullshit title as it is, but then like kind of it's kind of it makes it better retroactively, just because it's like oh yeah, now we're now we're like full on just winking at it. Yep. Creativize, strategize, miniaturize. <laughs> that was nice. Was that off the cuff? That was off the cuff. That was nice. It was really we should, good. and if, if we do keep that title, we should do a episode live from the the miniature museum here in Tucson. There's a miniature museum. Yeah, there's a there's a tiny museum on like Dodge and something or other. Okay, no wonder I've never been to it. It's a it's a miniatures museum where they have a bunch of tiny things in there. Huh. Yeah, I think I think that'd be great. <laughs> We're just taking it full tilt. Yep. Yeah, let's I can just get own it. That. We'll just own it. One hundred percent own it. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's own it. All about that. Awesome. Well, I think we have a solid game plan on what's going to come. When do we? When do you want to start season two? Hmm. It's a good question because my first interview I'm going to have to wait on for just a second just because the person that I'm interviewing is like right now she's in charge of college recruitment. Uh, so she's traveling around the country? Yeah. So because um, because school just got back in session, mm-hmm. like that's when they do all the like, you know, things for the, the what are they called? Rising seniors or whatever. I've never been one. Yeah, I don't know. They, basically, they're trying to pull in intern intern applications, and then they're also trying to like get the people who are about to graduate this year to like basically pre-apply, uh-huh. sort of. So she's a little locked up for a little while. Yeah, it's it's raining. It's raining. She's a little locked up for a little for a little while. So, um, but only for another couple weeks or so. I haven't set up any interviews for my idea okay so we might have to take a, a little hiatus while we get the gears and the because i also like that's my thing is i always plan for the immediate which is like okay cool i've got this interview on lock right mm-hmm. and what happens after that right you know you know so it's like okay you know what i should probably actually get like a schedule or a calendar built out yeah that's that's a, the question i've been asked a lot lately because i finished shooting these two short films right and now it's like what's next what's yeah. the next project yeah and it's like longer versions of these hopefully yeah hopefully yeah but we'll see what happens. certainly um actually i can see both of them flushing out really well because i was gonna say certainly good cop mom cop good cop mom cop seems to be the better and uh, the more well-received idea like the 
Uh-huh. Like it's, it feels original and it feels. Yeah. Uh, we did a screening at Cinema La Placita. I, I sponsored a murder mystery night. Uh-huh. And we did a, which I screened some trailers. Oh, cool. And the old people that go to the museum uh, loved <laughs> Good Cop, Mom Cop. More so than the other short, uh, Downshift, which is just a bunch of motorcycles. and Yeah. Well, well, but I can also see Downshift um, playing out in a longer format, too, because it's, it's um, like, I think because of the timing you set yourself up with, it jumped, like, it went directly from, with less, like, lead around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it kind of went a little bit more direct, which was which is what it has to do in the format that it's currently in, but in like a longer format, more drawn out, there could be like red herrings or like stuff, you know, like you can really kind of float that around. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck do I know? What do I know? I don't know what I know. I've been on a major, I realized that I don't read enough fiction or like any fiction recently at all. So I've been on a kick of those like Swedish murder. The, uh, girl without a dragon tattoo. No, well, no, no, no. But, but like those, but those are just like one there. Those are an example of a whole genre. Yeah. Like I didn't realize that was a whole genre, like Finland and stuff. Like for some reason, people in countries where it stays dark throughout most of winter are pretty obsessed with people. And it's like, it's never just like somebody got shot. It's always somebody got like hacked to bits yeah. and they kept and their ear the bridge. And, yeah yeah exactly it's like what is wrong with you people <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i've been reading a lot of those lately so if you want to take it in that direction that would maybe be- maybe i think that that's the thing with uh, the motocross short is that it's i think it's more uh, it could be more serialized uh-huh i feel like good cop mom cop can maybe go two episodes two s- movies maybe three yeah but no more than a trilogy i would that's pushing i think a third one would be like a rush hour three just right. Should well, that happen? Yeah, because it's it's like it's the unconventional uh, buddy cop thing mm-hmm. because it's like okay, this time we're we're making it like a a mother and son type thing, and it's like interesting in that time, especially because uh, she had a like has a pre existing track record yeah. and stuff like that. So that's kind of what makes it interesting. But it's like the more and more you kind of like build that out, the more diluted that would kind of become. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but it could definitely be a full length for sure. Yeah. That's so, the, that's one I see being like a full length movie for sure. Yeah, and the motocross I see as being more of like a uh series. It could be like uh I'm trying to think like a solid I want to say Magnum PI. But I don't think a lot of people <laughs> will get that reference. But there's like uh there's some like mystery series on like Netflix. There's one called Longmire. It's like some old sheriff out in the in some small oh, town it's yeah, got yeah, Blue yeah. diamond phillips in it yeah uh it's not that good but it's, it's there it has a couple seasons yeah i think i watched an episode it's fine it, yeah it it's fine it's fine it's it's mindless movie you know mystery murder mystery speaking of murder and mysteries who died not who died but um who done it uh Listeners of the podcast probably don't know unless they know me personally, but I'm a, a, like I'm probably arguably one of the biggest True Detective fans. Like I even have a True Detective tattoo, mm-hmm. um, and I want to get a second one. But anyways, <laughs> but not about the second season. Um, but uh, the third season comes out January 2019. Ooh, yeah, you have a party like, uh, like you did with that one fight with the Mayweather McGregor fight. No, no, I don't like. A little known fact about me, um, another little known fact, I don't really like watching, like I can watch movies, like I feel like I could watch a movie with you uh-huh. because you're there to watch the movie. Right. You know what I mean? 
I don't like watching, especially like I can watch some bullshit movie with a bunch of people because it's like uh, it's it's like something I don't care about, you know, whatever. Right. But all the time, one of my good buddies always wants me to watch like my favorite movies with him. I'm like, no, I like I actively refuse. Like those are those are like personal for me. Uh-huh. I, I want to like, you know what I mean. I want I want to do that separately. Mm-hmm. So it's like no, I would not I would not have people over to go watch True Detective. It's like nope, that's for me. Yeah, I I think I enjoy going to the movies by myself the most. Yeah, totally. Right. This last week I saw two movies by myself. What'd you see? Happy Time Murders. Okay. And uh, the Spy Who Dumped Me. Yeah, we had this weird period of time where I thought it was all bullshit. Right when like Infinity War was out, uh-huh. I thought it was all bullshit movies that were out, so I didn't want to see anything. Then we went through a peak where um, like Sicario Two, which I didn't see, but like I really wanted to, but mm-hmm. based on the fact that I've heard nothing about it, leads me to believe it probably wasn't that good. Um, there was like a bunch of movies out that I did want to see, like I really wanted to see, but then like I was, oh, I'm just really busy. I don't, oh, you know, whatever. And now we're in a valley again where it's like not – I don't think there's anything I really want to see. But what do you think about movie, those two? The next movie coming out that I want to see is Peppermint. Yeah. And that's Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to that. I, I think we had this conversation last time where I was like, yeah, you know, she's not really in a lot, a lot of stuff. But Jennifer Garner's pretty good. She's good. I think she's good. She's good. You know? Uh, I can't wait for her to go back to action because yeah. I thought she was fantastic in Alias. Yeah, well, and I also just love that subgenre of action movies called uh, that I like to call, I affectionately call uh, rampage movies. Uh-huh. So, um, Man on Fire, uh, John Wick, uh-huh. uh, the first one, not the second one. The second one got too cartoonish to the yeah, point where it was it's just like out there. Yeah, because it's like you know you tacitly accept some things in an action movie, like oh, okay, you know Bruce Willis is gonna drop out of the skylight and you know whatever like we can tacitly agree that that okay and he's not gonna be all banged up and you know whatever it's fine mm-hmm. we can tacitly agree that yeah john wick 2 went way to all of a sudden everyone's an assassin yeah and i'm walking through the subway now everyone's trying to kill me yeah i and and the homeless people like i was just like man fuck this movie like they took such a good thing which was just like it was simple didn't have to have this like crazy convoluted plot didn't really have to get into the organization of the russian mafia or something no who gives a fuck Uh he was just mad they killed his dog that's it you know and then it got way too convoluted definitely and 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 it even was represented in kind of like because the the first one had these kind of like gritty raw realistic stunts and then the second one like he's being hit by a car and like just walking it off and i was just like you're even in the stunts you're representing how kind of cartoonish you're letting this get Uh so i didn't really dig that one but like Man on Fire, uh, uh, John Wick 1, um, and uh, to an extent, Jack Reacher. But, yeah, not really. It's I, not really a Rampage movie. That's kind of more of like a... Are you, are you thinking like this, it's one guy versus like trying to... Take yeah, yeah, man, where it's know? like he got wronged and then he's just going to... Kind of like oh, equalizer. Uh, equalizer. Equalizer is a good one. But that's even something one. like Taken, where I'm yeah. going to go get my daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, that's a, that's a rampage movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. So um, I think Jennifer Garner in a rampage movie. I'm in. I'm in too. I'm going to be there opening day. <laughs> but these two movies were they were not great and they weren't terrible. The puppet one was it's just it's a puppet movie, and if you didn't realize what the heck was going to happen with these crazy puppets, it's. There's some pretty funny stuff and some 
stuff that you just did not expect it sure it went to some weird random places uh, but the story was solid and the like the it's like a noir mystery okay because it's a private investigator that used to be a cop and has uh, to team okay, up with yeah. his old partner this is and, that melissa mccarthy movie yeah yeah so that this the story was pretty good but it was kind of it was definitely tropey and very you've heard it all before but adding puppets to it and the weird little twist to it. So a little bit of a fresh take. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. Okay. And then The Spy Who Dumped Me, I was really impressed by the action scenes. I haven't even heard of this. What it's, is this? It's with um, the crazy girl. That uh, What's her name? Crazy girl. Mila Kunis. Kunis is in it. Kunis. Okay. And it is, I want to say, I don't remember her name. She would do Hillary Clinton on SNL. And she would do Ruth Bader Ginsburg on SNL. She was in the new Ghostbusters movie, the weird blonde one. Not Kristen Wiig. Not Kristen Wiig. Um, not Kristen Wiig. Not oh, uh, the the big one. No, not Melissa McCarthy. Her name is Kate McKinnon. Oh wow, I have no yeah nope. Well, I wouldn't have gotten that. <laughs> we could have waited as long as we wanted. That never would have happened. But she's, you know, she played her weird, wacky self. Okay. Kate McKinnon did. Mila Kunis, I didn't think it didn't carry herself well. Mm. The, uh, I think the two leads, they were fine, but I was really impressed by the action of the movie. And I thought the story was kind of, whoa, it was fine. <laughs> it could have used a little bit. I thought it could have used a little bit of work, but I was, the action was actually super hmm. good. There's like a moment where they're just in a restaurant and everybody's just start shooting each other and it's like it's really well done and mm-hmm. like the fight scenes are actually they looked really good and they were i was really impressed by that sure. wow. so i'm glad i saw it for those reasons well, there you go but the reason why i went to those two movies is because they're semi-original ideas they're not franchises they're not oh they're original concepts and i thought i should see those in the theater that reminds me i watched um the cloverfield paradox that's the Netflix movie. Yes, that's the I guess the third in the universe, like, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. I didn't really think it was that great of a movie, but I do applaud the people who make Cloverfield for three times now making like an actual new idea. Mm-hmm. Not a reboot, not a remake, not like the same old tropey shit, you know, whatever. It's like thank fucking god. Mm-hmm. Thank god people are out there like making new stuff. You know, cuz I was like all right, there's a million things that I kind of like don't like about Cloverfield Paradox, but like I found it to be mostly enjoyable just because it was new stuff. Did you did you watch that one or no? I saw. I think I saw it when it first came out. And I remember. I think I enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't remember now. I remembered watching it all the way through, wanting to finish it. Yeah, it's it's kind of like hokey how they kind of tie it all together mm-hmm. in a sense. But like, I enjoyed the fact that I was like, okay, like, okay. I, I get it. Like th- this is nice. This is this is something completely. It's not the same old bullshit about, you know, like even to an extent. Uh, and it also doesn't have too much going on in it at the same time. Like for instance, Inter- Interstellar, great movie, right? Right. But there's way too much. Like there's the plot between him and his daughter, but then there's also Anne Hathaway's character who has this whole thing, but then there's also the mission that they're trying to accomplish themselves. And then there's Matt Damon. Yeah, and then there's that. It's like, there was just way too much. And it's like, I get it, Christopher Nolan, we're always going to, like, you better strap in for a fucking three to four hour movie. Right. You know, but there was just way too much going on. Cloverfield Paradox, 
in a sense. Like, it's not simple by any means, but it was more simple in the sense that it's like, no, okay, I get the, the story structure makes sense, and it's like one kind of track that I have to be on. Right. Which It's a nice small movie in space. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not, it wasn't way too conceptual and like, uh, okay, wait, whose character am I keeping yeah, track oh, of now? I'm going to blow your mind. Yeah, exactly. With exactly. 14 storylines. Yeah, so I, uh, I dug it. And that's our movie reviews. (laughs) We're going to end on that.